Greetings, welcome, bienvenidos, hola, aloha, ni hao, namaste, konnichiwa, bonjour, bonjourno, samadhi, karak, guten tak, jawiviva, katbang, half a day, jai jinendra, salam, shalom, peace, now, go vegan, peace, how, go vegan. From the new right-left coast, the genetically mutated McNugget pharmaceutical vivisection prison, killitary industrial core poor nation, in the cheese-covered post-constitutional bankster bankrupt corruptocracy, mocracy, criminocracy, unchallenged by metea, meteocrity, food-borne in the NSA, NRA, CIA, USA, home of Uncle Sam Manella, where they sure do eat a lot of dead animal body parts, and the Wall Street-backed corporate diet of death, disease, and destruction is shoved down your throat? This is Go Vegan Radio with Bob Linden, sponsored today by Health IQ, an insurance company that helps health-conscious people like runners, cyclists, weightlifters, yoga practitioners, and yes, vegans get lower rates on their life insurance. Go to healthiq.com slash gvr, as in Go Vegan Radio, that's healthiq.com slash gvr for details from health iq and welcome welcome to your weekly moment of sanity in a completely insane world a world gone mad where up is down left is right evil is good and vegans are shooting people whoo well finally the left has been able to convince the nra to go for gun control. What? Vegans are shooting people? Okay, that's enough to make the NRA go all out gun control. Mm. Did you hear about this? The uh, media made a big deal about the shooter on the YouTube campus. Um, not really fitting the profile, you know? Vegan Caucasian woman from Iran who called herself Green Nassim. Uh, so, uh, you mean all the artificial intelligence in America, every, every phone call and text and email in the possession of the NSA, CIA, FBI, MI6, Department of Deutschland Security, couldn't, couldn't profile the uh, vegan Caucasian woman from Iran as the next... Winner of America's Got Violent Talent, uh, Green Nassim, went from misunderstood vegan freak to, uh, oh, we get it, you know, there was a problem, and of course, violence is the solution. Uh, Green Nassim actually had millions of views of her YouTube videos, which people characterized as crazy. You know, there were some uh, food and exercise videos, and she also made some videos about animal issues uh, that I actually found uh, interesting and creative. Green Nassim um, made some interesting observations on her videos, too. Uh, she asked her American viewers if they really do have freedom of speech. Uh, she was upset with YouTube. Actually, lately, a lot of people have been upset with YouTube, how YouTube, oh, and Facebook and Twitter have really become our thought censors. I mean, 
who hired them for that? I guess we did in the in the fine print when we when we agree to the terms that you know, we don't read. Um, yeah, people are upset about YouTube censorship. Uh, they's, they've also been upset with YouTube demonetization. Apparently, uh, people with huge audiences were getting paid pretty hefty sums by YouTube in the past. And uh, Green Nassim was upset with YouTube. She said it was censoring her videos. And she also showed uh, what demonetization did to her. She recently got paid for uh, 300,000 views. She got paid 10 cents. Uh, Green Nassim said that uh, in Iran, yeah, they, they may kill you uh, with, with an axe, uh, but here in the U.S., it's death by a thousand cuts. Uh, then she did what every red-blooded American does. She uh, ran for a gun. Hmm. Or a bomb. Uh, we do that too, huh? Nobody ever talks about bomb control. Huh? Where, where's that issue? Bomb control. Uh, but as I said, this is a big victory for gun control uh, advocates. Uh, yep, even too much for the NRA. I mean, you, you couldn't possibly imagine some NRA protest somewhere where they're actually chanting, you know, don't take guns away from vegans. Don't take guns away from vegans. Um, all of this, uh, as usual, plays right into the hands of the Department of Deutschland Homeland Security Profiteers. Now, well, you're going to have to take off your shoes, not only at airports, but when you're uh, walking into the food co-op. Uh, well, half those people already are walking in barefoot. Okay, so, but, but yeah, okay, so now there'll be, uh, there'll be a metal detector before you can get into the salad bar. Um, yeah, but, 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 but officer, it's, it's, it's only a fork for the salad bar. Nope, 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 nope. Metal detector, metal detector, V-guns, V-guns, vegans with guns, V-guns. Um, okay, so um, you got your gun control now, okay, through this incident. I mean, uh, nobody wants vegans to have guns, uh, including vegans, actually. I think that would yeah, kind of crosses the line, but uh, all right. Well, thanks to Green Nassim, though. Um, nobody, nobody will want vegans to have guns. And as I said, vegans don't want vegans to have guns. Um, but anyway... Uh, now you also have an excuse to bomb, 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 bomb Iran. Uh, seriously, even the uh, the vegans there are violent. The, the the vegans in Iran are violent. We must bomb that country. You know we and and you know yeah. You know, what what do we do? We we let them into our country and and they shoot up the uh, corporations like YouTube who are the very foundation of uh, U.S. CIA life. Come on, everyone, sing along with the great American warmongering hero, John McCain. Bomb, 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 Moran. Bomb, 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 Moran. Um, yeah, gotta do it. I mean, the vegans there are violent. The vegans there are violent. Um, which is uh, at least as lame an excuse as, uh, oh, you know, he, he used chemical weapons on his own people. He gassed his own people. 
That one's getting a little overused, isn't it? Uh, but we dragged it out again, dusted it off, and this time applied it to Syria. And of course, nobody believes it. All these false flags. Was Green Nassim a false flag? Um, was this a false flag? I mean, nobody believes it. It's uh, it's one it's one of those things the U.S. does or or the U.S. makes makes up, you know, as an excuse for our depraved warmongering immorality, um, incessant as it is. But uh, since evil is good, everything you know, every every time we bomb someone, it's not only good. It it's good. It's it's for their own good, for the people we bomb because. Up is down, left is right, evil is good, lies are truth. Um, and I'm so glad that finally we've, we've really gotten, you know, we've gotten rid of that horribly bad, um, you know, piece of toilet paper, the U.S. Constitution. It's about time, huh, that we really just completely flushed it down the toilet. I mean, you know. Let's face it it, 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 it was bad. It was, it, was, it was a bad document. Things were really bad when we had freedom of speech and, and the right to privacy. And, uh, you know, presidents were required to get approval from the U.S. Congress uh, before bombing another country in an act of war. Uh, if there were a constitution, you know, which, you know, good riddance to bad, bad constitution, if there really were a constitution, all recent U.S. presidents uh, would be jailed in Guantanamo as war criminals. Um, actually, uh, all of Congress uh, should be jailed for our wars. And, uh, you know, that includes even the good guys like Bernie Sanders. Huh? He, he's paid so much money by the war machine you know, even he was, uh, you know, doing that drumbeat of, of, you know, against Russia, like Russia influenced our election when, oh, excuse me, Bernie, uh, didn't you have the election stolen from you in the primaries? Weren't, why weren't you talking about that? Why, why the drumbeat of war, you know, against Russia, you know, when it should be the DNC, right? Okay. Anyway, so, uh, you know, just such a warmongering, uh, warmongering uh, country, and you know that uh, it's it's amazing, also that Con uh, Greece allows uh, allows these wars without voting on them, and allows the uh, you know NSA and CIA and FBI to do all what all of what they do. The Patriot Act completely unconstitutional. The Department of Deutschland Homeland Security itself completely unconstitutional so uh anyway it's uh great that we're finally getting rid of all these uh bad things that have ruined this country huh you know so uh well uh but no don't don't pick up a gun like green nasin did you know there's you know there's really only one protest um that that I would endorse, and that's peaceful protest. No, 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 don't don't pick up that gun like Green Nassin when she found all of our liberties uh, stripped from us, uh, freedom of speech and privacy, you know, no constitution, uh, all of that. No, 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 don't pick up, don't pick up a gun. No, 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 no.
know, we, uh, our reaction has to be, I mean, go vegan. Just go vegan. See what happens. See if we get the revolution. Uh, we'll get everything we want from a revolution and more if we all were to go vegan. You know, put that in the, you know, get right in the face of the Wall Street-backed corporate diet of death, disease, and destruction, and we go vegan. Well, wow, what an act of protest that is. And in fact, now I expect uh, probably this this podcast to be you know, censored <laughs> for, for actually the, the truth about, like, what would really work? You know, what would really do it? What would bring Wall Street to its knees and the war machine? Uh, you know, but, uh, yeah, no, 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 don't pick up a gun like Green Nassim. So, um, although, what do you think? Do you think that the founders of this country, the founding fathers and mothers, would pick up a musket if there were actually this, uh, you know, this attack on the Constitution, the destruction of the Constitution, everything written in it from uh, having co- Congress having to declare war and uh, you know, the protection of free speech and uh, the rights of privacy. Do you think the Founding Fathers would uh, pick up their muskets? Huh? I don't know, uh, but anyway, just in case, I think we should have a um, a movement for musket control. We we must have we must have musket control just in case somebody you know somebody's thinking about it. You know, so um, that's that's the next big issue from the left: musket control. Um, what kind of society is for government? You know, the, the, what kind what kind of society is actually for gun control, but not bomb control? I really, I just don't understand that. Um, and well, also, I I love how the left, uh, in its argument for uh, gun control, always has to have in its uh, disclaimer. Of course, we don't want to infringe on the legal, good, fun killing by animal snipers who who kill harmless, innocent beings for laughs, huh? So, you know, I mean, they're only animals. They're only animals. And, of course, Trump calls the Syrian president an animal, you know, So because it's so much easier to kill people uh, when they are uh, only animals, too, even though all people are animals. I mean, we are. We're, we're all animals. Um, and, uh, you know, in our, uh, you know, this, this religious, Christian, Judeo-Christian, religious country that we have, um, we don't seem to recognize the other animals as God's creatures, as our brothers and sisters, as innocent beings. Uh, who don't deserve violence, and, you know, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not kill. But uh, but get the guns and the bombs, you know, because I guess we reserve the right to kill, um, well, really anyone we want, as long as it's not our own people, right? It's always, you know, he used chemicals on his own people, um, you know, 
people, 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 dictators, you know, ruthless leaders of countries learn from the U.S. You can do anything you want to those who are not your own people, you know, to, to, to the animals who are not your own people animals, okay? So, you know... You, you can use regular good old conventional bombs to fry people. And uh, yeah, be, be civilized like us. Atomic bombs are okay um, on uh, animal people who are not your own animal people. Uh, we can also, uh, yeah, let's use depleted uranium and cluster bombs and, and drones. I mean, it's all good. It's all good. And... Uh, Congratulations, by the way, again, to everyone pushing for a nuclear war with Russia over nothing. Uh, you may be getting your wish. Uh, yep. And, uh, you know, and again, if you think it was Russian tampering in the U.S. election, um, you wouldn't have Trump as president. Bernie Sanders would be uh, your, your warmongering president right now if uh, the tampering hadn't been done by the DNC. So, you know, go start a war with the DNC. Um, but anyway, soon, considering our belligerent behavior, don't be surprised if you and your children are vaporized. Don't be surprised if you are vaporized sometime soon. Um, and did you hear? Yeah, there's the war of words going on. Did you hear what Putin has been saying about what the U.S. government does to its own people. Putin says the American government is force-feeding children substances, substances classified by the World Health Organization as Class 1A carcinogens under a uh, genocidal CIA plot known as the school lunch program. The World Health Organization states that hot dogs, bacon, sausage, ham, salami, and all processed meats cause cancer. And Putin has every good reason to nuke the U.S. for shoving carcinogens down the throats of our own children here, right? And Putin is warning that he has uh, a lot of good reasons to nuke Americans for what the government is doing to its own citizens. Uh, it injects its citizens, including children, with concoctions called vaccines uh, that contain mercury and aluminum and formaldehyde and aborted human fetuses and viruses and... Uh, Yep, yep, yep. So uh, that's what uh, the U.S. is doing to its own people. Putin, Putin says he has every right to nuke the U.S. for for what it's doing. It's it's putting fluoride in the water of its own people, a neurotoxin, neurotoxin toxic to the brain. Maybe that's why we're all going along with the uh, war policies, huh? Like. If we, if we were in our right senses, senses we would never allow uh, what's going on. But then again, the people really have no say in the government. So what am I thinking here? It must be the fluoride in the water that I've been drinking. Um, and uh, yeah, who, who, and who knows what... The, well, of course, the U.S. government uh, is forcing its own citizens to eat GMOs and then uh, swallow uh, deadly pills, pharmaceuticals that that need warnings every time you see a commercial for them. 
and uh, who knows what we're even breathing uh, from the chemtrails or the geoengineering taking place uh, above us here. So, uh, hate to say it, but, you know, Green Nassim uh, is right. I mean, no, she's not right to go get a gun. No, 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 no. We, we have to go vegan as the protest. But uh, she's right. We don't, we don't really get the axe. Um, we get a thousand cuts, um, and, uh, I mean, if, if, if all these thousand cuts came in one gas cloud, I mean, if it all came in just, you know, you know a gas cloud at one time, I mean, if that happened, I mean, damn, you know, our, our own NATO allies would be bombing us, and Israel, uh, would, uh, would just wipe us off the, the face of the earth, uh, Really, if, 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 if we had that gas cloud of, you know, I mean, imagine a cloud of gas made out of particles from hot dogs and mercury and bacon and fluoride and GMO soy and corn and formaldehyde and baloney and aluminum. What? That's what you had for lunch today? Ah, no, no wonder you have gas. Um, and also, what lesson... What lesson are we teaching our children in all of this? Uh, once again, you know, the lesson, might makes right, and violence is always the solution. Uh, at least it's the fun solution, right? At least, you know, we, we get a good bang out of it. You know, we get, you know, Brian Williams, he thinks it's so beautiful, the, you know, the, the, you know, the beautiful the beauty of bombs going off i mean it's the fun it's the it's the fun solution um but uh, apparently in this case we, we also learned that the proper response to uh letting out some gas well if uh, we learn the lesson well here if the children learn learn the lesson well don't be surprised you know if a fart ignites the next school shooting okay i'm just warning you i'm just saying okay and if any of this has you uh, stressed or depressed, do what I do. Um, listen to the music on Radio Bobby. Seriously, Radio B-O-B-B-Y.com. It's the only thing that works for me in uh, these completely mad and insane times. And uh, by the way, I don't want you to think that I, I have any party affiliation in my uh, criticism of... Uh, you know, like everyone. Uh, I have no party affiliation except for L.A. Reggae Vegan Fest, which will be the party of a lifetime. And do we ever need a party, huh? Do we need something really positive? Um, and you really can't uh, be much, uh, you know, higher on the scale of positivity than, you know, a Reggae Vegan Fest. L.A. Reggae Vegan Fest, that is at uh, Woodley Park in Van Nuys, Sunday, October 7th. And uh, tickets may actually be on sale right now when you're uh, listening to this uh, radio show, podcast. Um, if not, they will be very, very soon, like any day now, like any moment now. Um, so check LAReggaeVeganFest.com for information on early bird discount tickets they may be on sale now or they may be on sale uh you know in 10 minutes or tomorrow but 
uh, keep checking the website. You're you, you're not going to want this to be a sellout and you to be left out because it's a uh, it's a, a sellout. I mean, it's uh, and uh, I have the artist lineup. Uh, you know, as of this podcast, ninety nine percent confirmed. So um, I mean, it, it's uh, actually you know by the time you're hearing this, it could be a hundred percent confirmed. And what a spectacular lineup of reggae artists uh, we uh, we are assembling here. We have confirmation from Maccabee, who is really you know very very vocal on vegan issues uh, in his music. And if you go to YouTube and see Maccabee with his Medical Mondays and Wami Eat Wednesdays, and you hear lots of Maccabee music on Radio Bobby at RadioBobby.com, Maccabee is coming all the way from the UK to be at LA Reggae Vegan Fest Sunday, October 7th, Woodley Park in Van Nuys. And uh, we are... Uh, just about 99% confirmed for Bushman coming also. Also great vegan music from Bushman. Um, and again, by the time you hear this, it may be confirmed and tickets may be on sale. So check out the website, LAReggaeVeganFest.com. Um, we also have Glenn Washington. Um, Glenn Washington, the iconic reggae uh, singer at uh, L.A. Reggae Vegan Fest. Sister Nancy will be there. Lamour and the Mystic Band. And uh, and more, and more. And uh, we're also going to have great speakers. And uh, so I just uh, suggest you check out the website for tickets and information about sponsoring the event and being a vendor. Again, it is L.A. Reggae Vegan Fest. Com. Okay, so coming up on today's show, we will talk to America's Healthy Heart Doc, cardiologist Joel Kahn, MD, who just opened his second vegan restaurant in the Detroit area. Also, commentary from Professor Gary Francione um, later on. And I, I do want to talk to him about the cruelty-free label Somebody asked me about that uh, this week uh, when I was being interviewed. I want to talk to Gary about that later in the show. And now um, our plea for financial support. Uh, I know it, you get this from everyone, all the podcasts and talk shows out there. Um, but uh, we do need your financial support to keep on going, keep on growing with the events that we do. You know that you are listening to the very first vegan talk show ever. Yes, we started in the year 2001. Uh, after, uh, well, back in 2000, I was uh, organizing World Fest, a vegan event at Woodley Park in Van Nuys. We've come full circle now. The very same location will host LA Reggae Vegan Fest. But uh, so back in 2000, I was organizing World Fest um, at Woodley Park and uh, went around to various radio stations, including KRLA. And a producer there suggested that since I have a background in uh, radio, I was in broadcast management at music stations around the country. And I have a background in being vegan, animal rights issues. I should be doing a radio show. Uh, let's start one on KRLA. And we did. 
and then eventually we were on in San Francisco on the CBS affiliate there and uh, stations all around the country. We were on the Air America radio network when that was on. Yes, I was on the same network as Rachel Maddow when uh, she was uh, still making some sense. Um, Of course, I was, you know, I've always been, (laughs) over all these years, I've always been the sensible one, whether I'm on Air America or I'm on GCN. That's right. I was on that network too, the network that has Alex Jones. I was the sensible one on the network. And how can you not be? If I mean, you know, by default, vegan radio show, it just, you know, it it makes sense. Makes sense Uh, for all reasons, for health and the animals, the environment, you know. So anyway, um, but we uh, do need your support. There are bills we have, uh, bills associated with uh, doing our podcast and talk show and the events that we create. Um, We're now doing this talk show 17 years. We've been involved with numerous events over the years and now uh, organizing LA Reggae Vegan Fest be a very special event anyway you can donate on the website which is goveganradio.com there's a donate button there and over 600 shows that are archived past shows uh that you can hear for free as i said you can donate there and you can support us through patreon and that information is there too at goveganradio.com goveganradio.com on Facebook Go Vegan Radio with Bob Linden and Twitter at Go Vegan Radio um, and let's see don't forget radiobobby.com uh, we do have a YouTube channel um, it's never been monetized but I I don't I don't think the 10 well actually if we got 10 cents from all of our listeners the way Green Nassim got 10 cents for 300,000 views on uh, YouTube um We'd be doing okay if we got 10 cents from every listener. Now watch, I'll get three people sending a dime in the mail. But okay, okay, we'll we'll use it. We, we, we'll use that for paying for the portable toilets at LA Reggae Vegan Fest. So um, so what is it? YouTube.com slash Go Vegan Radio. You know, time is such a blur, right? I mean, it seems like LA Reggae Vegan Fest off in October so far away. It'll be here in no time. It's, uh, you know, I mean... Just never enough time. Everything's just passing by so quickly. It seemed like it was just New Year's Day and then, uh, you know, Valentine's Day. And we're coming up on Mother's Day and Father's Day and, you know, all the birthdays and graduations and, you know, what what's the right gift? What, you know, I mean, you know, you don't want to run around the last minute. And uh, there is, uh, you know, really a, a special gift that you can give any animal lover in your family. May I suggest the fantastic creative artwork of Victoria Hart, uh, vegan artist Victoria Hart, who, by the way, designed the logo for L.A. Reggae Vegan Fest. She is a professional artist, as you will easily see if you go to her, go to her website, Victoria Hart, Victoria, H-A-R-T, dot Weebly, dot com. That's Victoria, H-A-R-T dot W-E-E-B-L-Y dot com. 
uh, for animal portraits so realistic you'll be amazed um, as uh, Victoria just captures the essence immortalizing uh, the animals in your life, uh, the animals whom you love. And you can see examples at victoriahart.weebly.com and also um, this is really great for the kids and it's a great art project for the family my life coloring book and my life coloring page and in fact you can find those at victoria's uh, website mylifecoloringbook.weebly.com who wouldn't want their very own unique coloring book or coloring page showcasing the special animals in their life everyone would want that so um check out the website it's really easy simple you just send uh, a jpeg to victoria and uh voila magical gifts for every occasion and uh yes the the dogs and cats and birds that you know all the all the uh, beloved animals in your family um you know wouldn't it be great to have them starring in a coloring book or getting a realistic portrait just check it out okay and uh and of course we are feeding the beloved dogs and cats evolution vegan dog and cat food because we don't want to be feeding our beloved dogs and cats um oh, residues sick animals and blood and sewage and uh uh, steroid growth hormones and antibiotics and uh, you know all the uh, the ground up male chicks uh, from egg production and the spent hens from egg production who find their way into commercial so-called pet foods along with uh, the euthanizing drug they're finding that showing up in uh, commercial dog and cat food so uh you should uh, want to have none of that. And to have none of that, um, I suggest Evolution Vegan Dog and Cat Food. Call 800-659-0104. 800-659-0104. Call, uh, well, if you're a new customer, you can call anytime for 20, 25% off uh, dry food. And... Um, then you have uh, special discounts if you call the first Wednesday of any month. You get uh, 20 percent off dry food, ten percent off canned food, um, and uh, there are special arrangements made for those uh, experiencing financial difficulties. So um, call eight hundred six five nine zero one zero four for Evolution vegan dog and cat food coming up next on go vegan radio with bob linden we will talk to the uh, cardiologist joel khan who just opened another vegan restaurant in the detroit area and later in the program commentary with professor gary francio
Bob Linden at GoVeganRadio.com. Facebook, Go Vegan Radio with Bob Linden. Twitter at Go Vegan Radio. Uh, there's uh, RadioBobby.com for your musical enjoyment. And also LA Reggae Vegan Fest, the event that we're doing in October. How exciting. We've confirmed Maccabee, and it looks like Bushman will be coming. So a lot of excitement here at Go Vegan Radio. And uh, exciting uh, to talk to our next guest also, cardiologist Joel Kahn, MD, um, who has been known as America's Healthy Heart Doc. And uh, look at this uh, very impressive resume, summa cum laude, graduate of the University of Michigan. That means that means really smart, smart enough to become a cardiologist and, and then smart enough to... <laughs> to uh, understand uh, the, the vegan aspects of that. So um, Dr. Khan has been practicing cardiology since 1990. Uh, he's been a professor of medicine. Um, and it says the first person in the world to receive certification from the University of South Florida in metabolic cardiology, the first physician in the world to complete the program. We'll have to figure out what what that means to us. Um, and oh, and Reader's Digest magazine selected Dr. Khan to write its holistic health doc uh, column. It published his book, The Whole Heart Solution. Dead execs. Uh, other books are Dead Execs Don't Get Bonuses um, and The No BS Diet. Well, welcome, Dr. Khan. How are you today? Well, I feel like I've been talking to my mother. That was such a nice intro, and I'm <laughs> feeling great. Just in case anybody hears a little breeze, I'm at a medical meeting in Scottsdale, Arizona. I, I hail from Detroit, Michigan, so I'm standing outside catching a little vitamin D because I didn't see this all winter, and it's pretty nice. But right it's now, it's pretty quiet, too. Nice to be out in the warmth. So if if we hear wind in the background, we won't say, oh, Dr. Khan is, is freezing in Detroit. We'll say, ah, warm desert breezes for Dr. Khan today in, in Arizona. So Absolutely. You, you're where? At a medical conference? Is that what you said? Yes, a medical conference with about 80 people mm -hmm. and representing the plant-based medical side of uh, how you lived 120. I think we've got the formula, but uh, I'm learning from my peers, and uh, they're learning more from me because I think we've got it down pretty good. Mm. Do they think you're, uh, uh, you know, a little bizarre? What's what's this guy talking about with vegan food uh, as opposed to, uh, well, I mean, aren't most cardiologists, you know, I mean, apparently you're in uh you're one of the pioneers in in a growing movement of uh doctors cardiologists who uh, are really embracing the vegan approach to life but uh how, how are the other doctors feeling about that don't they think it's a little strange not to do the the medication surgery all of that uh well this happens to be a group that's more oriented towards the natural side of treating with medicine but um, even though the food here, which is spectacular and is about 90% plant options, there's got to be at the end of the aisle that uh, piece of fish or piece of lamb or piece of chicken. Actually, everything's organic, which I uh, absolutely love. But there is the general feeling that the vegan diet is deficient and without you know the magical what is it seven letter word protein uh, uh which is so um erroneous in that the idea that plants don't have protein and in fact plants have amino acids that we use 
is to build protein in our bodies if they'd stop for a minute and think about the biochemistry. There still is that general perception. You know, so maybe even, because even at we, medical because conferences? Take, yeah, because we take B12, which most people should be taking if they're eating 100% plant-based, that uh, it is by its nature a deficient diet. Therefore, lamb, chicken, and turkey must be just like a B12 capsule. Uh, they're also part of that routine. To be honest, though, because I, I like a loving spirit, you know, this is as close a group as I find. If I were to go to my hospital and meet with a general cardiology group or a general medical group, we'd be much further apart. There would be people eating bacon, eggs, and cheese. I was just uh, at a hospital giving grand rounds to a cardiology group, grand rounds being a, you know, a major lecture, and I couldn't believe it. It was like 20 years, nothing changed. It was sausage egg McMuffins being served as the choice for the 8 a.m. conference, as if we were you know, in the dark ages. I mean, we actually have direct data that sausage egg McMuffin damages your arteries, and this is a group of cardiologists, let alone you know, what it does to the environment, to the animals, to risk of diabetes and colorectal cancer, yada, yada, yada. So I actually, I am hopeful, but I'm patiently hopeful because it isn't moving at the pace that may, like the food industry. I mean, I'm not excited about it, but White Castle introduces the Impossible Burger and Red Robin and TGIF have, you know, various options. I mean, these aren't my favorite choices, but the food industry is moving at a breakneck speed, and I'm in the food industries we'll probably chat about, but the uh, medical system is very cautious in questions, you know, what's the best diet? The, the reality is most docs are stressed out. They'd rather reach for a burger, fries, and malt now and then because it's comfort food and they need comfort. So love your doctor, but give them a copy of my fifth book, The Plant-Based Solution, which is a medical book about reversing and preventing disease with plant diets. Give them the China study. Give them Forks Over Knives uh, DVD. You know, give them something that gives them a clue that these diseases are preventable and reversible because they're not hearing it. And only a movement of patients educating the doctors, the reverse you know, force will uh, accelerate the whole process. Right. Well, I, I find it amazing that you're at a medical conference and, and even there they're saying, well, where do you get your protein? And uh, then if they read the China study, they might say, Ooh, uh, we have to avoid protein. It looks to be carcinogenic, you know, or, uh, or if they're yeah, having well, the, the sausage, you know, oh, look, the World Health Organization classifies that as a carcinogen, you know? I mean, it's... Uh, uh, pretty amazing. Oh, so I, I have a, a friend uh, who owned uh, – I, I, my show was on his radio station in Southern California, and he's in Texas and um, owns a couple of radio stations. And I spoke to him one day, and I said, well, uh, you know, how, how are you doing, Fred? And he said, well, Bob, I, I've never told you this, but I'm – I'm really on my deathbed. I'm I'm 350 pounds. No doctor wants to talk to me. I mean, they won't operate. I mean, I think I think it's over. I'm, I mean, they're just giving me weeks to live. And I said, well, Fred, I don't know how it is that I'm put here in front of you, but the answer that I always give to people, I there's one thing I I recommend for everything, you know, for the environment, for whatever, um, for the animals. I said, well, Fred. I think maybe the, the only thing, you know, that I can recommend is that you go vegan. And I said, now, I'm not going to tell you how to do it, but I referred him to Dr. Esselstyn and his program. And, uh, 
and uh, Fred went along with it, and suddenly the 350 pounds become, became 280, and then suddenly he's walking, and then he's visiting his cardiologist, and the cardiologist says, what have you done, you know, and, and Fred said, you know, well, like, I went vegan, and the cardiologist said, don't tell any of my other patients. It's, <laughs> it's true. They don't want to hear it. And again, we, there's no way you can generalize. There are wonderful people. It's a growing movement. Sure. My colleague in New York, Dr. Robert Osfeld, who's changing the world at Montefiore Medical Center, my colleagues in Detroit, we have four or five plant cardiologists in Detroit. And the, the, the center of the world is Rush University in Chicago, where Dr. Kim Williams, cardiologist, is chief. He's got nine cardiologists, these are academic cardiologists at the university that have all gone plant-based because he's been the leader and did that himself about a dozen years ago and speaks openly about it, you know, that he's not afraid of dying, he just doesn't want it to be his own fault. <laughs> it's kind of the meme that uh, Dr. Kim Williams gets credit for. So um, there's right. a lot and, of good examples. And there's examples. the president of the American College of Cardiology, right? So, yeah, that's Kim Williams. Kim yeah. Williams, yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, and, and it's it's kind of nice to see that the McDonald's was finally taken out of the, the Cleveland Clinic. <laughs> well, that was a long-fought battle that was an absolute pimple on the butt of the Cleveland Clinic, to use a uh, somewhat crude analogy. But I am from Detroit, and I'm a, I'm a clinical professor of medicine at the largest medical school in America, Wayne State University School of Medicine. And associated with that is a hospital called Harper University Hospital. The first thing you see when you walk in the beautiful front door is Wendy's. And because I've been protesting for three years vocally and somewhat obnoxiously about how inappropriate it is to be able to buy the Baconator burger and fries at a hospital that treats cancer and heart disease, they put a Chick-fil-A right next to it just to tell me how much they appreciate my social media, you know, a constant harangue. And uh, my other hospital, a wonderful world-class hospital called Beaumont Hospital in Royal Oak, Michigan, just announced that Mark Wahlberg, handsome, muscular actor who serves hamburgers that are, you know, no better than uh, McDonald's and such at a chain called Wahlburgers, has joined the Beaumont family because we're going in the dark ages. Yeah, so this stuff can absolutely drive you crazy, which is why, again, anybody listening can be the force of change. It's mm -hmm. truly the guy you said who converted his diet, had an amazing result, and maybe tells his doctor or shares with his doctor, you know, uh, a copy of Dr. Esselstyn's Preventive Reverse Heart Disease, Dr. Neil Barnard's program for reversing heart disease, um, Dr. Heather Shankman in Los Angeles, a recent book by a plant cardiologist in Los Angeles about reversing disease, a, a, a great example in the city I believe you live in. So there's examples out there. Dr. Brooke Goldner, there's a wonderful book called Goodbye Lupus by a psychiatrist in Minneapolis who beat lupus with a plant diet. It's a powerful little book uh, that anybody could adopt. So there's great examples. And if now, patients... Now how, did, how did you get... How did your awakening happen? I mean, you came yeah. through the medical establishment, cardiologist, and uh, what, what happened to you? Example, I actually adopted a plant diet at age 18 before medical school. I uh, grew up keeping kosher dietary laws. I walked in the cafeteria in 1977, first day, and I said, I called it a salad baritaria because it's the only thing that really worked for me. I learned to love every vegetable under the sun. And soon thereafter, I learned about John Robbins. It was right around that time, Diet for America. Soon thereafter, Dean Ornish first started publishing a couple of papers, and I was already a cardiologist in training. 
So I actually have been plant-based for four decades and um, and did it before I got my cardiology certificate. So I've never eaten a burger as a cardiologist. Uh, my transition was early. And it was awkward. It was awkward going to the doctor's dining room. I trained in Dallas, Texas, not in the 1980s or today. The easiest place to be a vegan is so much better now. I trained in Kansas City where Masterpiece Barbecue is and such. Not the easiest place in the late 1980s to be a vegan. But uh, you can do it then. You can do it much easier now. And uh, I took a bit of you know, ridicule for it. But I wasn't a dumb guy, and they never really gave me much grief. They just, God, just didn't get it. But it's so obvious now that at well, the time. Has I, I became a vegan in 1984 in um, oh. San Antonio. So, there you uh, go. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have the Alamo without the bacon, please. Yeah, there you go. So, um, yeah, so um, now when did you start, I mean, when did your patients start receiving the benefits of your knowledge related to diet? Like, how did that come into your practice? Like, what yeah. What happened? So there's a, there's a story there, too. Uh, July 1990, I had just completed seven years of medical training, cardiology training. I was a cath lab guy treating your heart attack at 3 a.m. And that was July 1, 1990, and I was back in Ann Arbor, Michigan, very close to my hometown, new job, first job. And uh, three weeks later, we used to have these things called paper journals, you know, before there was everything digital. And I was reading the latest paper cardiology journal on my couch, and there was an article that said it was possible to actually reverse long-standing blocked arteries with diet, meditation, walking, and stress and social support. Um, that would be the breakthrough research of Dr. Dean Hornish, uh, July 21, 1990. That's the exact date. So from July 21, 1990 on, if you were in my office, you heard about the possibility that your disease could be prevented or reversed. And soon thereafter, Dr. Ornish published a book, which I would encourage my patients to read. This is way before the Internet, way before DVDs. Um, and then when you were on my cath lab table, when I had a needle in your groin, it was a great time to talk to you about your diet. And I, I actually got a lot of people to pay attention. And then as you know, the China study came out and then um, Dr. Esselstyn's book came out, these are, you know, in the mid-2000s, and then really forks over knives. When I just, I, I would not let a patient see me back unless they'd watched that documentary and could talk about it. You know, whether they went the full boat, whether they just did a meatless Monday, their eyes were open to the fact that you can manage disease or you can reverse disease. And we have a paradigm of managing it with prescription drugs, uh, and ignoring the rest, whereas we'd be so much more effective and meaningful to people if we would, you know, bring up the possibility of reversing disease. And some people get, will get all the benefits, some will get part of the benefit, but nobody's going to get hurt by eating more spinach, radishes, and uh, and oranges. You know, they're all going to benefit. So, so you are of the school that this reverses disease and yeah. pre and prevents. Yeah. Well, well there's no question. Um, there's absolutely no question about both those aspects, but. I have a very wonderful, I am almost age 60, I've been practicing cardiology nearly 30 years, and truly every day is more enjoyable than any other day I've ever practiced cardiology because I not only know the science that this can happen, in my clinic in Detroit, I run a preventive cardiology clinic, I'm on my own with a couple amazing employees, and we see people now from all over the world. This week was Sydney, Australia, and wow, we've had people from Wales and London. There just aren't that many people around the world talking about reversing heart disease, but I use an ultrasound of people's arteries, and if you come and see me and you come back six to 12 months later, 
and you participate with a program I designed for you of food and other proven ways uh, from the science world. I'm not crazy. I'm a professor at university. I'll show you on your follow-up ultrasound that your arteries are younger than they were a year ago. So I couldn't do that. I didn't have the setup to do that five years ago. And, you know, it's like it's powerful to the patient. It's enjoyable to me. It absolutely happens. And there is no diet other than a whole food plant diet without added oils that has the possibility of uh, stopping and reversing even decades of, you know, misguided dietary habits. We're talking to Dr. Joel Kahn. He is a cardiologist. And oh, I just wanted to ask you because that was uh, on your resume in terms of being the first person in the world to receive that certification in South Florida in metabolic cardiology. What what was uh, special about that, or what 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 uh, was there something to be learned from that that was really special in your education related to cardiology, or? Uh... Yeah, you know, I wanted I nutrition part down pretty good, having lived it for several decades and read the books, the articles. I was interested if there was anything else. I wasn't a world expert of meditation and stress management and sleep hygiene and um, weight control um, and such. So I did find, after searching a bit, that the University of South Florida in Tampa had a year-long course, kind of like going back and getting an MBA on the weekend. I went back and got a uh, advanced medical degree, and I was the first physician in the world to do all my homework and write my papers and submit them on, you know, online like I was an undergrad or a graduate student again. And you know, it was in the midst of a busy practice, but it was well worth it. And out of that, I came out with a lot of enthusiasm and wrote a book right away, which Reader's Digest uh, uh, published and put me on there. Uh, on their magazine and such as the holistic doc you talked about and uh, it was the beginning of a you know reinvention of something that I can train other docs and frankly most of that can do in online digital courses uh, so that people around the world have an opportunity to hear how do you find out if you have heart disease how do you prevent it from ever developing and what can you do about flushing it away uh, it'll take work and it's mostly lifestyle genetics play a part Sadly, the final thing that plays a part nowadays is the environment. The uh, pesticides, the herbicides, the Roundup, the plastics, um, the stuff in our water contaminants, the contaminated and polluted air are no longer hippie tree hugger topics. I mean, air pollution is an amazingly powerful trigger of heart disease, and that's a tough one. Uh, don't go jogging next to an 18-wheeler. I mean, it's, it's not going to benefit your health. So. Yeah. But anyway, so now I'm moving more and more into prevention, and my family has uh, taken the uh, rather dramatic step of starting to open restaurants that Yeah, that, offer. that's great. I mean, normally it seems that maybe, you know, medical students work in uh, restaurants to put themselves through medical school and become doctors, and now, now you're a successful cardiologist, and you're working in restaurants with your family, well, right? <laughs> in fact, you can easily walk into... Uh, my Green Space Cafe in Ferndale, Michigan, a very large, elegant plant restaurant, 100% plant restaurant with a, a full bar or my brand new Green Space and Go in Royal Oak, Michigan. And you can easily see my wife behind the counter or me fussing tables or my son, the general manager, doing anything that needs to be done. Now, that's not my main occupation and my main role is more vision and public relations about something I'm passionate about. but. You know, family-owned business, you do, you do what you got to do. And I have no embarrassment 
about clearing a table after a family leaves, let another family sit down because I know what the mission is and the passion is and what the outcome is going to be, which is maybe the best plant meal they've ever had in their life. So we just are actually opening a uh, food truck in Austin, Texas, just to shake it up a little bit uh, right on um, – Oh, I'm blinking for a minute. Street? Is it Sixth Street? Uh, no, we're very close to where Austin City Limits is, and uh, Barton Springs Road. Okay. Uh, so we're going to have our Green Space Cafe plant food truck on Barton Springs Road, along with some very dear friends in Austin that are from Michigan, but are already doing plant-based meal deliveries called ATX Food, and we're going to bring our food truck, uh, which are already down there, but it'll be open very shortly. Mm-hmm. So, and and, and plant based uh, plant based means one hundred percent vegan. Uh, we are one hundred percent. We are one hundred percent. Yeah, and in fact, I've gone away. I wrote a book called The Plant Based Solution, but if I had to do it again, I'd call it The Plant Solution because there's too much wiggle room there. Yeah. If you're trying, if you're trying to do what I do as a doctor, reverse disease, you're usually best off with one hundred percent commitment to plant only diets at least until your disease is modified and gone and I don't encourage people to add anything back but well, and if uh, it's modified and gone learn the lesson why it's exactly. modified. you know the, the, yeah I had a patient today I mean he had some I don't usually delve into GI disease but he's been having some bloating and stomach issues and I you know a 60 year I said get off dairy this was about three four weeks ago and I'll give you some other ideas from my integrated medicine training and he's better and he texts me today so I'm going to go back on dairy. I said, no, you're better. Right. You don't know, you don't probably, reverse the reversal here. That doesn't, tolerance and, you know, and your prostate probably had the best month of its life not being bombarded with uh, animal protein that raises your IGF-1 and causes your prostate to glow, grow. You're probably going to sleep through the night without having to pee from now on. So, yeah, if it's working, why would you turn back? It's working. But, now I don't have to do it anymore. Terrific. I, you know, what, what got me to this position? So... Ah, yeah. So, uh, well, it's great that you're putting your money where your mouth is. And uh, so how did the, the first restaurant then was uh, is Green Space, right? Uh, the Green Space uh, Cafe? Right. Everything's called Green Space. First one's Green Space Cafe. Second one's called Green Space and Go. There's seats, but it's more of a fast casual. And, and, and the Green tra- Space and, and Go just opened uh, uh, a few days ago. They opened right? a few days ago. Lines out the door. Great anticipation. You know, our first restaurant's elegant. You can spend an hour. You can spend two. You can, you know, listen to music. But this is going to be, you know, the kids got a soccer game. I didn't make any dinner. Uh, it would be great to pick up something healthy rather than a KFC bucket. And we'll, uh, we'll do that with whole food, plant-based, longevity food, gorgeous food, organic food. Yeah. Totally well, I, I, I did want to mention that's why I, I did have a, pro- a problem with uh, with the term plant based because, like you said, there's the wiggle room, and then I've right. even seen chefs write, oh, "Well, plant based doesn't necessarily mean all vegan. You can, you can include some animal products, and then boom, there you go. Right. You know, it's so. the lettuce on the burger. It's right. plant based. Right, they right. I that's agree the with base. you. When I when I get interviewed or right nowadays, it's it's a PDN, plant diet nutrition, or but the B, I drop the B and. Um, you know, and that's not a judgment. If somebody's listening and they're almost there, but it's plant-based, great. You're on your journey. Try it for a day, a week, a month, and uh, and give up the last little part of it, and you'll be like my patient today who uh, felt so much better, but uh, don't go back. Right, and I think the intention was to say it's plant, like, you know, plant only, but by saying plant-based, there's the wiggle room. So I stay with the vegan part, and I see that the food industry uses the word vegan everywhere, uh, you know, all over the place too. So uh, that uh, that qualifies as a hundred percent plant based. So that 
so that you yep. know, actually, you know, if I see a label on something and it says vegan, I feel yeah, a lot you know. safer, you know, than, yeah. So tell me, what are some of the uh, favorites, like the special dishes that we have at uh, the Green Space Cafe that you love? And the, how long has this uh, been open, the Green Space yeah, Cafe? Our major restaurant, and it seats well over 100 people, and, you know, we can serve hundreds of people in a day. I mean, it's quite an operation. It's elegant. It's upbeat, but uh, it's also busy and uh, serving a big population. Um, Favorite meals, uh, we have a superfood bowl. It's not a salad restaurant, although, of course, you're going to have some salad options. And I'm all about foods that, you know, are associated with regions of the world where they have longevity. So superfood bowl uh, full of... uh, edamame and beets and sprouts and some organic soy or tempeh and uh, all. I love uh, other meals use jackfruit. None of us knew much about jackfruit 10 years ago, but uh, jackfruit has come on as a real food, not a synthetic food. We, we don't do the Impossible Burger and the Beyond Meat Burger. I'm not judging people who do it, and it's nice that it's available, but we make our own, and jackfruit has become one of the staples along with tempeh, along with you know black bean quinoa kind of burgers. But um, uh, our jackfruit burgers, jackfruit enchiladas, uh, Jack and Mac, uh, you know, uh, uh, chickpea-based pasta with our own homemade cheeses we make from cashew are yeah, great so favorites. Have a cheese board. I, have, yeah, I mean, I, board. Yeah. I, I'd, I'd like one of everything from what I've seen on your menu. I think yeah. you'd be pretty pleased. Yeah, the cheese board is actually – cheese board really locks them in because we bring out this beautiful board. It's literally on a wood board. And it's got some portobello mushrooms and some pickled onions and some mustards and some olives. But it has a variety of cheeses we make in-house. And uh, for the uninitiated, they have no clue that there's actually an industry of non-dairy cheese. I mean, everybody knows now there's milks in the uh, refrigerator of uh, grocery stores. But that uh, that last little, I, I, I can't do this because I need cheese can crumble real quick with one quick visit in the first 15 minutes to our place right and and if you if there's one you don't like keep keep going because there are lots of good ones but some of them you know i could see you know when i when i was first doing this so many years ago there was a product on the market called uh soy maj um that was supposed to be the, <laughs> <laughs> it was supposed to be the pretend cheese and and it was terrible but i would try i would get it every six months you know hoping that it was improved you know but but now the world of vegan cheese is spectacular. So the, mm-hmm. the cashew cheeses and a lot of, a lot of what's out there, Miyoko's and Follow Your Heart, and you know a lot of them have uh, really gotten good. So yeah, for those people who can't give up cheese, right? So I agree. It's uh, it's, it's uh, there's nothing that we can't do better, kinder, and usually healthier. Yeah, we got we're foodies. We like to eat. I mean, it's not like we're sacrificing anything. It's like we we do have the best food as uh, you are showing with your restaurants there. So you want to give those locations again and any contact information? Well, uh, so kind of you. Yeah, and um, Green Space Cafe is in Ferndale, Michigan. It's at two one five West Nine Mile Road. Open every day but Monday. Great brunch Saturday and Sunday, and. Uh, we invite you to Pancakes, come. French toast, uh, scrambled oh. tofu, yeah. all, all the good stuff. Although I honor people who eat foods of whole grains that would contain gluten, I am of the belief that not everybody needs to follow a gluten-free diet. We always win the award in Detroit as the restaurant with the best gluten-free options. So <clears throat> that French toast happens to be homemade uh, and is gluten-free from uh, you know non-wheat whole grains. 
So that's good stuff. And then uh, Green Space and Go is on Woodward Avenue, the biggest street in Detroit, in Royal Oak, Michigan, just below 14 Mile. And that is closed on Sundays and open the other six days of the week. I have oh, to and, think. And for- what do people pick up over there? You said that's more of a fast food location? Oh, my or- God. The bowls, longevity bowls, heartbeat bowls. Yeah, they're just beautiful things. We have wraps. You can do them in spinach wraps and uh, such you can do it in uh steamed collard green wraps i love collard green wraps such a great way to have a meal some beautiful smoothies of uh, herbs and spices and fruits and vegetables um soups and uh people are just delighted you can build your own bowls or we have you know pre-set bowl menus so tempeh we're big on tempeh you know i don't like that word protein it doesn't exist in my a restaurant because it just perpetuates you don't pick a protein you pick an add-on but um tempeh is not a bad source of plant-based protein of course mm-hmm. uh mushrooms are not a bad source they're all good they're all from the garden right. and you have desserts too um you know that's another thing that people don't realize that vegan desserts are are the best yeah you got to be careful there i actually personally rarely eat dessert and even in my own restaurant because it's too available, but nonetheless, uh, when you're out and you're celebrating and it's a birthday or it's an anniversary, go for it. We will certainly fulfill your your sweet tooth buds and your whole food, uh, you know, fresh fruit buds if you want to go that route for dessert. I, I see you have, you do have ice cream there, so you have. Yep, ice again, plant-based ice creams, all homemade, all in shop. Really big, big. Uh, reception that and again part of it is yes we're a business we need to sell we need to have a a profit sheet that shows some profit now and then but it's also for a lot of people it's the first time they've ever had a um you know a coconut a maple walnut a pistachio ice cream that has no dairy i mean of course it's in the stores but they haven't seen it they haven't tried it so we really do open people's eyes and uh we haven't done a systematic follow-up to ask the question how does this influence you down the road but um I know it has because they come back, you know, and uh, usually a group of women are there and then 10 days later their husbands are there with them. And I can only imagine the conversation that went on. But uh, we have manly food and womenly food and gender neutral food and anything you want. Yeah, we, don't, we don't care. <laughs> Terrific. Okay. And uh, do you have a website so people can follow you or get information from you regarding health and uh, Yeah, et kind of you because I'm – Extremely active on social media, but uh, there's a central site, drjoelkahn.com. That's D-R-J-O-E-L-K-A-H-N.com, and there's a link to Twitter, which I'm on all the time, Instagram every day, uh, my Dr. Joel Kahn fan Facebook page and such. And I try and put out quality information. A lot of it's about plant-based. Some of it's just heart attack prevention and other kind of topics you know that resonate with my training and are of importance mm-hmm. um you know i'm really big on the idea that you know you want to be a smart vegan taking the proper supplements and you can't assume that you won't run into health problems just because you've been eating vegan uh, not everybody's done it since 1984 or 1977 and even that alone doesn't absolutely guarantee so be a smart vegan get don't checked. worry me now don't worry me uh, <laughs> well, bring me up after the show and, yeah, or you know yeah. i'll send you an article <laughs> and oh and so you're saying so you think that uh uh, in terms of supplements that vegans should take uh, B12, anything else that you uh, think? Or? I kind of put my hat with, you know, in my advanced heart clinic, I do blood work. So I've had literally thousands of B12 levels, vitamin D levels, even omega-3 levels. There's a blood test. And I'm telling you, whether you eat plants, 
or animals, a huge portion of the uh, population is low in some of these very important nutrients. So, yeah, I'm pretty big. I go with Dr. Michael Greger, nutritionfacts.org. You know, take a vitamin D3, maybe about 2,000 units a day, vegan versions. Take a B12 a few times a week or every day, 200, 300, 400 micrograms a day. And take a algae omega-3 number of brands, 300 milligrams a day. Even if you're pounding the chia, pounding the flax, pounding the walnuts, you might want that little backup uh, assurance that you're getting you know, one of the important nutrients, omega-3 anti-inflammatory and such. Uh, we don't think fish-based omega-3 is all that healthy nowadays. Yeah, everybody, the uh, that, that, that was the big thing, uh, fish oil for, for yep. the heart, right? The and it may be an issue of purity. I mean, there was good science for it, and now the science has really crumbled. So is it because there's PCBs and persistent organic pollutants and the fish oil's coming with some contaminants? You know, some of these companies check for that stuff and claim that they don't have it, but um, why all of a sudden? Anyways, yeah. it's easy as can be nowadays. So it may be a little bit of work to take your vegan diet and make it nutritionally you know, near perfect. But, you know, the benefit is you're not taking a diabetic drug, a blood pressure drug, an erectile dysfunction drug, hopefully, ever in your life. That uh, sounds like a good plan for me. I'm uh, so far so good. So. <laughs> yes, excellent. We'll, we'll keep on keeping on. Well, I want to thank you, Dr. Joel Kahn, for being with us today and uh, for all your great work. And, again, congratulations on your restaurants, on Green Space Cafe, and the new Green Space and Go in Ferndale. So thanks well, for Bob, being with thank us. Thank you. I'll just give one more shout out because I know you got your reggae conference coming up, and good for you. I'm just announced as the keynote speaker at VegFest LA May 6th. Ah. So I will be in your great city. I'm in your city a lot, but. May sixth, uh, I think it's in Balboa Park. It, it, it is. It's it, well, it's in uh, Woodley Park, the, right. the very place where I'm having my LA Reggae Vegan Fest. Oh, perfect. And and I perfect. actually, the, well, Veg Fest is an outgrowth of what was called World Fest, which I started in 2000 at that very location. So look at that legacy. Le, you know, legacy, and you know what goes around comes around, and all right. of that. So uh, so you may want to come back, uh, m memorize that location there, and. Uh, come back uh, in November because uh, it's uh, it's going to be a great vegan festival with reggae music all day long. I think you'll love it. So. Irie, man. Irie. Good. Yeah. All right, man. Uh, all right, man. Have a good night. Okay, Joel. Take good day. Bye-bye. Twitter at Go Vegan Radio. Uh, there is also RadioBobby.com for your 24/7 musical entertainment. Uh, if you're stressed or depressed, uh, it works for me. RadioBobby.com. And um, so you just got the word from a cardiologist, America's Healthy Heart Doc, 
the science, the science is there related to uh, being vegan. So uh, now he, he, congratulations to Joel Kahn uh, on his second vegan restaurant in the Detroit area. And uh, this translates uh, into what I've been discussing about health IQ and special low rates for vegans on life insurance. Health IQ uses science, the same kind of science that we heard from Dr. Joel Kahn here today uh, that you've been hearing pretty much for 17 years on this program as we talk about uh, study after study. Um, well, now you have uh, a life insurance company um, that, uh, that, that, that's recognizing this. Health IQ uses science and data to secure lower rates on life insurance for health-conscious people, and we are talking about vegans. Um, there are also lower rates for runners and cyclists and weightlifters, straight, uh, strength trainers, yoga practitioners. So, you know, vegan calls, falls into that same healthy category. Isn't that amazing? So this is important news for vegans with family responsibilities. Health IQ offers you special low rates because you're vegan. These, these are special rates like good drivers get special rates. You can take the Health IQ vegan quiz at healthiq.com slash GVR, as in Go Vegan Radio. So um, check it out. See if you qualify. Uh, the Health IQ Advantage is its unique mortality model based on health-conscious living, lower rates for the health-conscious, right? No accidents, you drive carefully, you get lower rates, okay? So um, this is a unique underwriting approach, replacing BMI with uh, waist-to-hip ratio, cholesterol calculations, etc. So... Um, I recommend you check it out. Health IQ reduces your chance of being penalized for adverse family history if you are otherwise healthy. And uh, you can still get special rates if you have a pre-existing condition. Uh, so what I suggest you do is go to the website, healthiq.com slash gvr. healthiq.com slash gvr. Um, as in Vegan Radio. Professor Gary Francione coming up next. GoVeganRadio.com, Facebook, Go Vegan Radio with Bob Linden. Where did I hear that? Um, and uh, let's see, Twitter at GoVeganRadio. And it is that time again for commentary with Professor Gary Francione, who joins us now. And uh, Gary and Anna Charlton's latest book is Advocate for Animals, an abolitionist vegan handbook. And he would like you to go to his website, their website, 
which is howdoigovegan.com and uh, Professor Francione oh uh, Earth Day is coming up and uh, so I was actually interviewed this week Professor Francione regarding Earth Day um, and the environment and I might say that between you and me Gary we yeah. both saved 620,000 gallons of water since last Earth Day just by being vegan I saved 310,000 gallons and so did you so if I remember my math from Stuyvesant High School in New York City that would be 620,000 gallons that you and I saved so uh, wait, 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 so you're, wait, two, two, I, have, I have a question and a comment. You're from Brooklyn? I'm from, well, Manhattan, the Bronx, basically Manhattan and the uh, Bronx, but oh, I was okay, oh, I'm, college, sorry, I'm so. sorry, I'm sorry, you're the, the Bronx, because I, I was, I was thinking you were from Brooklyn, but Stuyvesant's in the Bronx. Stuyvesant is in Manhattan, it's in, uh, it was, when I went to it, it was on 14th Street, I think it moved, but it was uh, lower Manhattan, Stuyvesant High School. So, okay, but Bed, Bed Stuy- are you thinking of Bedford Stuyvesant? Uh, yeah. you know, which is uh, an area in Brooklyn. Well, it's, all right, it is in Brooklyn. Okay, all right. No, okay. That Bedford Stuyvesant is in Brooklyn. Stuyvesant High School is in Manhattan. So. Okay, all right, all right. Well, you learn something new so, every day. So I I took the subway every day from the Bronx, uh, which was way north, down to. Uh, Stuyvesant High School, a, a math and science high school, and I, where I discovered like I have no interest in math and science, and uh, thought, ooh, English is good, English, and uh, I Spanish, I did fairly well in Spanish. I tutored the all the uh, math and science nerds in Spanish. Not that I remember anything, and you know, everything would have. Well, let me let me say that as far as the the three hundred and twenty thousand gallons, I think that's a low estimate because. It takes like a thousand gallons of water to produce an amount of beef that would require only a hundred gallons of water in terms of plants. Well, now there are estimates, and uh, I refer to uh, oh, it was a study by the Stockholm International Water Institute. It was a presentation to the UN um, just a few years ago. Um, and what it said was that uh, a vegan requires 10,000 gallons of water to grow his or her food in a year, and uh, a non-vegan requires 320,000 gallons of water for growing uh, his or her food. So, uh, so it's either 10,000 gallons or 320,000 gallons. So 32 vegans can be fed to one non-vegan or look at it like you know just in the food growing process and people can look up the uh the study from the stockholm international water institute i don't have the name of it off the top of my head something about maybe drops of water or something but um but it's in liters so it had to be translated so i would actually understand it so uh so there's that and then there are other estimates out there that it takes up to eight thousand five hundred gallons of water uh, to produce a pound of beef, um, and then I've seen estimates that it takes 8,500 gallons of water just to grow the feed to to give to the cow for producing a pound of beef. So, um, so it's uh, it's amazing how uh, what great environmentalists we are just by eating the 
bestest, most delicious food, most nutritious food. So, um, so you know, that's that's good. My recommendation for Earth Day is always that, to go vegan, since we're told that uh, animal agriculture is the number one cause of climate change, and the only solution is going vegan. We're told that by Goodland and Anhang. And all the other issues, deforestation, water usage, water pollution, resource depletion, um, being vegan is, is the only environmentalist. And of course, there are those moral implications then, right? Because if 32 vegans can be fed to one uh, non-vegan, and we want to share the earth, you know, and feed everyone, there's that. So, so um, I was interviewed. You still there, Gary? Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Yes, indeed. Okay. So um, I was interviewed this week by someone regarding Earth Day, and then you know, again, the th there's always a theme that's not go vegan related to environmentalism. Uh, I think this year it's like end uh, plastic uh, pollution, uh, which doesn't save the world, but I mean. Look at how much plastic is used in packaging for uh, meat, dairy, fish, eggs, etc. You know how much is produced, used, and has to be discarded. So, but that's just you know, again, it's never addressing the main cause of everything, the most uh, uh, you know, the most awful, the most devastation to the environment is caused by eating meat, dairy, fish, and eggs. So. During the course of this interview, um, somebody, and I was being interviewed, um, the um, interviewer asked me something to the effect of, well, as a vegan, uh, does that carry over into other parts of your life? Do you, you know, in terms of clothing or in terms of uh, buying personal products or household products? And I, I said, yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I don't want products tested on animals or anything with animal ingredients and uh, so uh, the person brought up saying the topic of the, of the leaping bunny symbol um, yes and uh, you know I, I had to admit I had to admit actually that I feel like a, a somewhat ignorant consumer um, in the sense that well I learned on my very own show here just a few weeks back from you I thought that when something would be considered cruelty-free, it would not be tested on animals, and it would have no animal ingredients. And oh, you informed no. me that, no, it can have animal ingredients, therefore, I don't see how it could be cruelty-free, but what do I know? So that there, there's part of my consumer ignorance right there. And then asking about this bunny, and it's like, well, when I buy things, sometimes I do look down and I see, oh, look, there's a bunny, I guess, you know, like to make me feel better about it, like, you know, if I were buying something certified humane or something like that, you know, to, to feel better about it. But, but what do I really know? And then I look at who certifies this with the leaping bunny, which is Cruelty Free International, um, and then I see that the Humane Society of the United States is associated with this. And then I start to get skeptical and think, well, you know, I don't know. You know, I'm, I'm looking at what the, um, the application process is to be certified and what you need to do and all of that. And uh, there's something here that says, uh, what is it, criteria. So, um, 
in order to obtain Leaping Bunny certification and remain certified, your company must demonstrate that it meets our, uh, our core criteria. First, apply a fixed cutoff date after which uh, none of your products or ingredients are tested on animals. So apply a cutoff date for it, which means that you can get the certification, but the ingredients are still tested on animals. It also uh, says that you have to establish procedures for uh, verifying the uh, okay for verifying uh, let's see establish procedures for verifying the strict implementation of your fixed cutoff date. Um, and product uh, manufacturers and raw ingredients uh, suppliers to monitor your supply amounts. And then the other thing is this, it says adopt an animal testing policy verified by Cruelty Free International. So um, this raises questions in my mind. Um, I don't know. Well, let me let me say this because and, and you're going to find this shocking, but. Um, I actually am far more concerned about the ingredients of something than the testing because the bottom line is is everything's been tested. So whether you're – if you're uh, buying a product, the product has constituent components. Those All of those components have been tested. So I'm not really sure – I mean I, I'm not – I mean – let me ask you, uh, th this is the, the way I sort of think about it. Um, if you, let's say you buy a product, which is vegan. This, this actually, this came up with, um, oh God, was it diet cheat? I, it's something I don't eat. Um, got acquired. What, I don't remember whether it was diet cheese or one of these companies. It, it was, that is one of them. Okay. Uh, and it got, I, it got, I believe Field Roast also. I, Field Roast has been acquired. Okay, got, got. But, but Daya got acquired by some company that does animal testing. Mm -hmm. And so all of the animal people were going crazy. And I didn't really understand why because what – I mean the, the, as long as Daya doesn't have animal ingredients in it, then I wouldn't tell people – I mean because they were saying, well, it's not vegan because it's produced by a company that does animal testing. And I said, well, no, that's not true. It's – it doesn't have any animal products. It, it, it is vegan in the sense of not having any animal products. But what would be the difference between, let's assume that diet cheese is made by a company uh, or some other product. I mean, if you make it easy. But, you know, you have product X, which, is the, which has no animal ingredients. Product X is, man, is manufactured by a company that does animal testing. Product Y has no animal ingredients, but is manufactured by a company that does not do animal testing, but that serves animal products in the cafeteria. I, I guess I have a hard time sort of trying to figure out how those two situations are different. And in the second, I mean, and I think part of the problem has to, has to do with the fact that we vegans want to be you know we want to say well we don't you know we don't we don't consume or you know we're not responsible for any 
any animal exploitation? And the answer is all money is dirty. So it's it's sort of like, you know, um, I, I, I if I'm going to go out for dinner, I choose to go to the, the, there's a place near my house. that's one of the best vegan restaurants as far as I'm concerned on the East Coast. And I just happen to have the, I'm fortunate enough to have it very near my house. And um, so I will go there because I love the food. It's great. I know the owner. It's a terrific place. I'm sure I haven't I haven't interviewed I haven't asked them, but my guess is this, that there are people in the restaurant who work in the restaurant who, as a matter of fact, no, I, I know for a fact that there are some people in the restaurant who are not vegans who work in the restaurant. So when I give them money, when I tip them, um, they take that money or the money that they make in the restaurant generally that I'm patronizing, and they go out and they buy animal products. So all money is dirty, and I'm not sure that we can. Um, that we can be, uh, 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 I, I just, I, 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 I understand this is somewhat controversial, and, I, and in many ways, I'm, I'm, I'm still thinking through it, but I'm having a hard time understanding because it, I, I really focused on it with the diet business because it was, I don't know, six, seven months ago, they made this announcement that diet was being acquired by, as I recall, a Japanese company, but I don't remember. But it was, I think it was a foreign, you know, it was a, it was a foreign. Yeah, I think it was a Japanese pharmaceutical company. Right, yeah, Japanese pharmaceutical company, and they did animal testing. And all of the animal people went crazy and said, well, you know, but this is no longer vegan. And the answer is, well, of course it's still vegan. I mean, the, the, the product hasn't changed. And they said, oh, yes, it has, because now the people who are, who are going to be profiting from it are not vegans. They're people who do animal testing. And the thing is, well, if that's your criterion, you're screwed. You can't do anything because if I, if I go to a, you know, if I go to my, you know, if I, if I go to my local farmer and, and I buy organic vegetables, my farmer's not, you know, my local farmer's not a, not a vegan. So I'm paying him money and, and I'm putting, you know, he's going and using that money and he's buying animal products. And, and so, you know, this idea that I think the whole, to be honest with you, I think the whole cruelty free thing is, is um, nonsense, really, because obviously they shouldn't be using animals to test. Obviously, that's clear. But I think the whole cruelty free thing is yet another racket. You know, where people sit, you know, certify this and certify that and whether they do it accurately or not, it's a different issue. But um, but, you know, I, I think it's something of a racket and 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 a, a distraction. As far as I'm concerned, the issue is whether the product contains any animal ingredients. Now, you can say, well, why do you, why is that relevant? And that is for several reasons, because um, as long as I mean. The main problem is our consumption of, of these these products, um, and and um, if we weren't consuming them, then um, they wouldn't be using animals to make them. Um, and I and and so I I I just I don't know I I find I just find it. I, I do you understand what I'm saying? Can you can you can you can you understand? And what I'm what I'm saying because what is the difference between the company that makes the product? I mean, the the company that makes the product and it it does testing, um, but it's a vegan product and that has no animal ingredients. 
And the company that doesn't do testing produces a product that doesn't have any animal ingredients, but serves animal products in the cafeteria or is owned by a parent company that sells meat. I mean, what, what, you know, this is the problem. This is, this is what you're saying when uh, all money is dirty. Yeah, that's what that's, 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 I I really feel very strongly about that. All money is dirty. All of it. Maybe that's why, that's why I stay away from it so much. (laughs) Well, there you go. But, but I avoid it. I avoid it and then wash my hands after touching it. So yeah, all, all money is dirty. It is. And and I I think but we I don't know be, I mean I, we we tend to we want to be as as clean as possible you know I mean we want to like so you're saying so there's a product with uh, that has only that has no animal ingredients in it but if that product is tested on animals do we I mean uh, I, I I frankly. I- Everything's been tested on animal. I mean, so so even if the product that you were buying wasn't tested on animals, the consti- the, the component parts were tested on animals at some point. Um, and and so I, I just well, what I just, would you look I mean, for if if you're going you know you you're going into the store and looking for soap or some cleaner or something like that? What if you're looking down at the label? Do do you so cruelty free? Now cruelty free, as as I have now learned, doesn't mean no animal ingredients. So no, no, it doesn't. Cruelty free just means doesn't it's not tested on animals. Unbelievable. So so I have to read further. I see my interpretation would be. If it's cruelty free, there can't be any animal ingredients. But nobody asked my opinion in putting that together. No, you know, it's it's it, it's it's interesting because um, I bought a hand sanitizer this week, and I carry a hand sanitizer because I don't use soap in restrooms because most soap has lanolin in it, and lanolin is derived from sheep. So I don't use soap in restrooms. I I have a hand sanitizer me too by the and, way and <laughs> I'm, I'm okay well there you go i'm with you and so i i bought a hand sanitizer and i got it home and it didn't i didn't you know i it was just such a good price i couldn't resist it so i bought it and i brought it home and um i went online and um and it said you know we have PETA's cruelty free certification which Putting aside the PETA thing, um, but you know they had a cruelty-free certification, which which meant simply that it hadn't been tested on animals. And I so I had to call the company and say, are there any animal ingredients or byproducts or derivatives in this thing? No. Okay, fine. But um, you know most animal people think that if it's cruelty-free, what it means is that they're no, that, it, that it's vegan, and the, that's not true. There's all sorts of stuff out there that have animal ingredients in them. But they're cruelty free because they're not tested. So you have to be careful about that. There's I, I also am like so you know, glad I listened to my radio show to learn these things, and it took there you go, just, there you go, there. just till recently for this. And I, I'm really shocked by it to tell you the truth because I don't know how you can come to that definition and still have animal ingredients. So, so are we looking on the label for it to say no animal ingredients, vegan? Would that uh... Uh, gener- generally? I don't buy it. Unless, as far as cleaners are concerned and stuff like that, I mean, I, in my house and stuff, I generally tend to use just like vinegar. I don't use the chemically stuff very much. Um, and um, uh, and to the extent that I that I use anything other than vinegar, I buy stuff which is both vegan and cruelty free because you know it's like these the these various things that you buy at the health food store, which which most most of which are 
don't have animal ingredients and they haven't been tested. So, you know, I, I buy those. But um, but uh, uh, when I buy something to eat, as a general matter, I do not eat it if it doesn't say vegan. There are some exceptions. If, if there's something which is a simple food where I know what the component parts are and it doesn't say vegan on it, but it's only got like three ingredients, then, you know, I'll, 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 I'll be all right with that. Um, but for the most part, if, if, if there's anything, any ingredients in there that I don't know and it doesn't say vegan, um, I won't eat it because uh, you never know. First of all, you never know where these things are derived from. And secondly, Below a particular amount, they don't have to put it on the ingredients. So, you know, there are small, there can be small, you know, there can be, and I'm not talking about trace because they're using different, they're using the same equipment. I'm talking about, um, you know, you don't, you, you don't know, there might be some, uh, something used in a product on a very small amount. So I, I basically don't eat it if I, if I think there's any chance it has animal ingredients. That's how I do it. As far as testing is concerned, I have to say, I don't pay a whole lot of attention. I don't, I, I don't buy that much stuff that would be tested on animals, but I don't get ex excited. When I hear animal people talk about animal testing, I always find that sort of confusing because I've had similar conversations where people say, um, you know, they won't eat, eat this particular food because it's vegan, but it's made by a company that doesn't produce that produces meat products or dairy products or whatever. And and I said, well, what happens if it was made by a company that produced only vegan foods but was owned by a parent company that produced non-vegan foods? And then they, like, look at you like, well, you know, but that's different. Well, no, it's not different. I mean, you know, what's the difference? I mean, it's the difference between the, you know, the corporate form. I mean, uh, that's sort of a... <laughs> <laughs> that's sort of a of a of a silly difference. I mean, in terms of morality, um, and so uh, you know, if something's vegan, but it's made by a company that um, sells animal products, as far as I'm concerned, that's you know, that's no different from eating a product which has got animal no animal ingredients, but is is made by a company that tests with animals. Um, you know, there's no money. You know. There, you can't. Even if you live an extremely simple life, and you don't ever buy anything in stores, you know, you just get your foods, your fruits and vegetables, and grains directly from farmers. Unless the farmers are all vegans, you're putting money into the pocket of non-vegans. Even if the farmers are vegans, if their suppliers are non-vegans or the people who drive the trucks who take the vegetables from them and stuff are not vegans, you're putting money in the pocket of non-vegans. So you can't avoid uh, supporting animal exploitation in one form or another simply because all money is dirty. Okay, and so, so here now, now you can help me. Uh, you can help advise me. I'm uh, I'm contemplating. Uh, what I'm doing for um, so we have the LA Reggae Vegan Fest that's uh, coming up on Sunday, October 7th at Woodley Park in Van Nuys and I am organizing this event and I'm hoping that you're going to be there to speak um, and it's going to be like an amazing an amazing day um, just uh, Maccabee um, one of our favorite vegan reggae performers just confirmed that he'll be coming from the UK to be there. And you, 
you hear Maccabee music on Radio Bobby, I know that you've heard his song, Too Much Chicken, and he also does uh, Wami Eat and all these features about fruits and vegetables. So he's great, and we're just about to confirm Bushman also, who's a very vocal, vegan, great reggae performer. So um, I'm going to have uh, vendors and sponsors, and I have to think, well, what am I doing? Am I just having... 100% 100% vegan restaurants, I think I lean toward that. Um, what about vegan products from companies? Uh, am I looking for 100% vegan companies or companies who uh, have vegan products? I mean, like, what, 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 what would you be thinking that you would be doing if uh, you or I considering, you know, like I, I'm, I am dedicated to pure vegan. Now, what do I do if money is dirty and... Uh, well, I mean, I mean, but that, but right, all money is dirty, but you have to be careful about the message you send. I mean, look, this is one of the reasons why, to be honest with you, I don't do these sorts of events. Um, I, I show up and talk at them from time to time. And I was when I was at the Vegan Fest in Asheville, they had a table, they, you know, they had a, a booth with Whole Foods, and I, I was very critical of that. You know, I thought that was really outrageous. Um, and, you know, uh, so where would I draw the line? Well, I don't know. It would seem to me that um, if you have people there selling stuff, as long as it's vegan um, and it doesn't advertise non-vegan, that is. I don't know. I, I think I would have I, – I have to – you know, I, I, you know – these are not things that I sort of um, think about a whole lot. So well, I, you, I, you don't, you don't have to. I mean, you can still think about it. I'm, I'm thinking about it too. You know, I, I go through these thought processes, um, thinking, well, I really should have. I think it should be 100% vegan restaurants. And then I'm thinking, well, do I, you know, is it inconsistent to to have vegan products from companies that aren't 100% vegan? Well, should you I know, it, it, it. it 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 depends. Um, if I, I don't know, I mean, I, I'm thinking. Well, if you've got a restaurant there that has vegan food, I mean, first of all, you want to be careful because if it's not a vegan restaurant, then you always want to be careful about making sure that it's the it's vegan food that they're that they're selling or whatever distributing at your event. Because if it's not ve- if it's not a vegan restaurant, you don't really know what, whether it's – and that's one of the reasons why I generally do not tend to eat cooked food in non-vegan restaurants. If I'm in a non-vegan restaurant, I generally sort of tend to limit it to a salad. Okay, so, so uh, you're helping to convince me that the restaurants should be 100% vegan who participate. Yeah, I, I don't I, – I wouldn't, I wouldn't have a problem if, you know, you had a company there that was selling vegan clothing – but did sell non-vegan clothing, um, you know, like a company that's that had vegan shoes at your event, um, but didn't have, you know, but but also sold non-vegan shoes. I, I think as long as they're not advertising the non-vegan ones or their company as a general matter, I mean, I think I would tend to sort of say, well, if you want to come and sell vegan shoes. You can sell vegan shoes, but I don't want you promoting your non-vegan company here. If you want to, if you want to make money by selling shoes to vegans because they're expensive or because vegans find it hard to find vegan shoes and they'll be excited and they'll, you'll sell a lot of shoes and so you'll make a lot of money, that's fine. But I don't know that I would be crazy about 
um, somebody advertising their business, their non-vegan business. I'd have to think about it. That would will... be hard to avoid. It's like you're buying shoes from Mr. X. I'm sorry, I can't tell you who I am. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I don't think I don't think you have to. I don't think it has to be that. But then that... the thing is, people then will go to its website, and it does have all the non-vegan products. Right. And... That, that, that's that's right. But I mean, but but the thing of it is, is that I, I don't know. I, I maybe maybe having the company name up is 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 not a problem. I. I just, I don't know. I have, I'd have, I'd have to think about it. I mean, the one thing that is clear is that there should be nothing at the event which is not vegan. Of course, um, that goes but, without saying. But right, of course, right, right. there should be. There should, and I could, but I have been at, I've been at vegan quote vegan end quote events um, where where that there, um, you know, there's stuff there that is not vegan, um, and and that that I think is nonsense. Um, well, but uh, we, so I, it's in writing on the website that everything has to be a hundred percent vegan. So that's the yeah. I mean, and and so so you know you have to you have to um, I think you have to try to you know be as conscientious as you can with it. But the bottom line is is all money is dirty. So if you have a company there. You know, um, but but like like in the cases like a Ben and Jerry's, okay, Ben and Jerry's wants to bring its vegan ice cream, but I would feel terrible about having Ben and Jerry's there. But then, is it inconsistent to have Company X that? has you know a few vegan products and a bunch of others do i say oh at least 50 percent of your products have to be vegan i'm like well, where where am i going with this? i don't know you know what i want to i want to think about this um because i want to think about it and and um and i want to discuss it with anna anna's a, anna's very good at sort of doing these sorts of and she's 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 very very good at these sorts of things and um well, maybe, and, and, maybe she can come on uh, next week. Uh, yes, yes, and, and we'll, do talk, this because we'll talk about we're, this. We're developing, uh, you know, the website. We're, we're getting ready to uh, put tickets on sale, and people are really kind of uh, interested in this, you know, very positive day, po the, the positive vibrations of reggae music and uh, uh, vegan, you know. I think people are... Um, kind of excited about it. All I have to say is uh, L.A. Reggae Vegan Fest, and people are saying, well, I'm there. So, uh, of course, there's going to be, uh, you know, it's uh, brought, brought to them by the animals. <laughs> uh, if they don't know it, well, you know it now that uh, really um, this event is being organized on behalf of the message, on behalf of animals, and uh, we will have a wonderful day um, celebrating that. So, oh, well, I, I think I think that I think that's great, and we will talk about it next week. Um, uh, before I leave, I want to tell uh, folks a story that um, it's that's sort of important to me, and um, and uh, we just adopted another dog, and um, and he is um, he, he is deaf and almost blind, and. That's because he's a purebred dog. Uh, what is done is um, Merle Shelties are gray, gray Shelties. And um, there are two sorts of Shelties, basically. They're the sable, the brown and white colored Shelties that look like small collies. And then there are Merle Shelties, which are gray and white Shelties. And um, the Merle Shelties are breeders breed try to crossbreed Merle Shelties so that they can get a white Sheltie because that a white Sheltie brings it a lot of money. And they 
they um, they they breed these Shelties and knowing that 25% of them will be blind or deaf. And we've got a guy who is deaf and almost completely blind. He's got a little bit of sight. Um, and it breaks my heart that I live in a world in which people eat meat, wear leather, drink milk, eggs, whatever. But even the animals we fetishize are just such incredible. I mean, it's all, it really, they're just nothing but products. And somebody, you know, somebody breeds, somebody mates Shelties with Shelties to try to get a white Sheltie and ends up getting, you know, you know, dogs were between two and three, you know, 25% of them, <laughs> you know, between two and three dogs out of every litter of 10 will be blind or deaf. And, um, and I just find it just so remarkably sad. And every time I look at him, he's a wonderful dog. And every time I look at him, I'm just reminded of the fact of animals as property, what that means. And I was doing a radio show this week in England. I was not in England. The radio show was in England. Um, and I was doing a radio show from London um, the other night. And um, I was talking about pets and my problem with the whole institution of pet ownership. And um, uh, and and I, you know, so it was calling. There were people who were calling in. And there was a person who called in and said, you know, I'm listening to your guest and I understand what he's saying, but as I'm sitting here with my dog whom I love above all things, I, I don't understand what he's saying because I have such a strong bond to this animal. And the idea that your guest thinks that we shouldn't have pets. And I said to her, you know, I'm sure you love your dog. You obviously sound like you love your dog, and I'm sure you do. But the reality is, if we get off of this show right now, and you say, you know, my dog is a, is a, is is incon it's inconvenient for me to have this dog. I don't love this dog anymore. You change your, you have a change of heart. You can take that dog and load that dog into the car and take that dog to one of the animal shelters in London and dump the animal. And if they don't find a home for the animal, and the animal ends up getting killed, whatever. Um, and, you know, people just don't understand what it means to say that animals are property. And, and you know, because our, our knee-jerk reaction is to say, yeah, well, yeah, well, that may be the, uh, maybe, uh, you know, but my dog. I love my dog. And the answer is, that's right. You love your dog. You love your cat. But if you change your valuation at any time, it's your property. It is your property. It's an it. And you can take it and you can, you know, dump it at a shelter. You can take that dog to a veterinarian and say, kill this dog, cat, whatever. Um, and in some states, many states, you can kill the dog or cat yourself as long as you do so humanely. So, um, 
you know, I really think people need to understand. I, I, animal people, as a general matter, just don't understand the problem of property. They just don't get it. I mean, no welfareist does. I can tell you that right now. No welfareist I've ever met in the 36 years I've been doing this understands the problem of property because if they did, they would not be welfareists because welfare functions, welfare assumes that animals are property and, and links the level of protection with that level of protection that we need to provide to efficiently exploit the animal from an economic perspective. So yeah, dogs and cats are a little bit different, but only because their property that some of us, farmers value their cows as property. They don't value some cows as property and some cows as not property. All their, I mean, livestock is stock. It has just happened to be, it's living stock. Dogs and cats are different because they live in our houses or some of us have them living in our houses. And so it's property that we have a different sort of relationship with. Much the same way that slave owners had those fields, had those slaves working out in the fields. And then they had the slaves that lived in the house. And the slaves that lived in the house were different. There were, you know, there are all sorts of stories about how, you know, the slaves that lived in the house were members of the family, treated like as members of the family. But the slave owner had the right to sell those slaves just as much as the slave owner had the right to sell the slaves in the field. They're all slaves. It just happened to be that the slaves who lived in the house were valued more than the slaves who lived in the fields. So this whole thing with pet ownership, I know animal people get really upset when I say we shouldn't have the institution of pet ownership. And the guy starts off the interview with me and the other night saying, you know, that I don't think we should have pets. And I said, well, you know, I said, look, I, I have I have six rescued dogs I live with. And he said, well, how, how do you reconcile that with your position? I said, well, we got them here now. We got to do something with them. So I think we should, uh, you know, we should we should take care of the ones that we have here now. But we should not breed anymore. I said that's my position. My position is not that we should not have pets. I said, and, and he said, well, he said, you know, so you don't think we should own pets? I said, no. I said, I have six pets. They are my property. I said the problem with the institution is, as much as I love my dogs. If I decided that they were pains in the neck, which they are, but I still love them. Um, but, you know, if I decided that they were pains in the neck, I didn't want them anymore. I could load them in the car, take them to my vet and say, nuke them. Animal people just don't understand that. <laughs> just don't understand that. Well, they makes, don't understand. It makes me oh, sad to I, think I, of I, them as property and, and it's. And that, but they are, Bob. They, they, they are. They are. So, but but how how does that change? Like, I mean, how do we get away from that? Well, if we were all vegans, my guess is that, um, I mean, the last thing to go will be pets. Um, what will happen is, I mean, if you, have, if you can fast forward moral evolution, um, eventually we will see that the hideous amount of violence that we inflict on non-human animals is obscene. We'll stop doing it. And um, eventually, we or most of us will go vegan. The demand will drop dramatically. They'll stop producing animal 
products by and large there may be some some people who still i i mean you know but but there i i have no doubt that as time goes on more and more people are going to be vegan and there will be a you know that we will get to a point where most people are vegan maybe all people but most people at some point in time that then and only then will we be able to um think clearly about the pet problem Right now, we can't think about it clearly. And one of the reasons why I think that so many people in media want to talk about the pet problem is it becomes an easy way to make us look extreme by saying, well, you don't think we should have dogs and cats? Because most people who are listening are thinking dogs and cats are, are a benign form of interaction with animals, which is true. It's one of the... It's one of the one of the it's the only interaction we have with animals where there's at least some possibility for benign interaction you know um uh uh and so um so yeah i mean i think i think that um it'll be the last thing to go but but go it should and um you know, I made it clear when I was doing this interview the other night. I said, "Look, I said, let, let me be, let me be real frank with you, because he wasn't really. I, I mean, I, I think he was. I wasn't sure he was really understanding what I was saying. And I, I, I said, let me be real frank with you. If there are two dogs left in the world, even though you will not find anybody on the planet who loves hanging out with dogs more than, I, except maybe for Anna. If there were two dogs left on the planet, and it was up to as to whether or not they continue to be so that we could have pets. The answer is not on your freaking life. I don't believe we should be living with animals. I think we should be living with each other. We should be living with other humans or living alone if that's what we want to do, whatever. But if we want to live with other beings, they ought to be human beings. And the idea that we live with animals, that we take an that we domesticate animals, there's something horribly wrong with domestication. In and of itself, there's something horribly wrong with domestication. So that's what I think. And and every time I look at this little guy, and I I think about um, the fact that I you know that I have to the fact that you know people say to me yeah but you know what's wrong with dogs and what's wrong you know and 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 who don't who don't see the breeding of dogs or cats or whatever to be problematic and I'm looking at this guy who's blind and deaf and they took away his senses so that they could make a few more dollars that's the world we live in that's animals as property and with that I gotta go because I and, and some... by the way you just mentioned something about uh, well a responsible breeder or puppy mills I mean I know the, the you... well that's a, that's a distinction that's a distinction that the animal people make you know, they, they talk about, you know, I mean, I mean, yeah, I, every week I get these, I, Oops. these things from the animal legal defense, shut down puppy mill. It's like, ah, oh, come on, guys. You know, I mean, I know you got nothing better to do, but I mean, what do we do? Puppy mills. You know, are puppy mills bad? Yeah. And you know what? So are backyard breeders. 
They're all bad. There's no such thing as responsible breeders. That's an expression that HSUS uses. HSUS says uh, buy from a responsible breeder. That's yeah, HSUS. HSUS says eat meat from a good, you know. HSUS has a has a pig farmer. Right, eat meat from our pig farmer. Exactly, eat meat Eat meat from the happy pigs. Here's a bacon discount coupon, go. Exactly, exactly. So, I mean, it's like, you know, come on, you know, it's the animal confusion movement. It's sort of... Trudges on. Anyway, I'll talk to you next week. Sounds good. Talk to you and Anna next week. Okay, put on yes. your thinking caps. So. I will. We'll okay. have an answer for you. For, so we'll post it at LAReggaeVeganFest.com. Okay, good talking to you Take guys. Take care, Bob. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. Radio with Bob Linden at GoVeganRadio.com. Please support this program with a tax-deductible donation. There is a donate button at GoVeganRadio.com. You can also support us through Patreon, and uh, that information is there, too, on the website. Uh, as I was discussing with Professor Francione, I was interviewed earlier this week. Sometimes I'm interviewed on environmental um, topics related to uh, veganism um and you know as earth day is approaching so i was interviewed uh related to earth day and the theme this year seems to be stop plastic pollution and um i i feel as usual you know i feel that the central theme should always be go vegan um and that the other themes and things that are done are really distractions away from what's really necessary. I mean, yeah, it's great to have the camaraderie of marching through the streets and chanting, and but, but we, you know, we wind up we we blame uh, pipelines that haven't been built, uh, we blame you know, coal plants. We, you know, we're always blaming uh, someone outside of us. We're blaming oil companies, yet. Uh, we, you know, animal agriculture, we are told, is the number one cause of climate change, responsible for at least 51% of all greenhouse gas emissions. And if we have a sense of urgency about climate change, we all have to go vegan yesterday. You know, we have to go vegan Earth Days years ago. Um, but since we don't have a time machine, we can do that today. Uh, you know, it's, 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 it's the greatest environmental action we can take. It's also the action for peace. If you're opposed to all the bombing that is done in our name, all the violence, uh, we can remove ourselves from that by going vegan and also not supporting the Wall Street-backed corporate diet of death, disease, and destruction, and that is environmental destruction, from climate change to deforestation to resource depletion, soil erosion. Um, you know, eating meat, dairy, fish, and eggs is like your one-stop uh, environmental disaster. And, uh, but that's the one thing you can stop, 
And then we turn things around, we can even get to pre-industrial carbon levels, according to uh, Dr. Robert Goodland and Jeff Anhang. Um, and so, you know, if we look at the, the little thing, oh, look, I recycled the, the plastic wrapping for my Oscar Mayer wiener package. Aren't I wonderful? Aren't I a wonderful environmentalist? Well, no. Um, and also, I mean, if you, if you do want to consider plastic pollution, well, how much plastic has to be produced, how much plastic is used and discarded because of the production of foods from animal agriculture. You know, they all that plastic getting used to, you know, so-called, you know, to, to try to be sanitary. Yeah? So, uh, you know, there, there's your stop plastic pollution uh, with your, your one-stop solution for everything going vegan. Uh, so that's... That's that's my Earth Day advice. I was asked what I'm what I was going to do, uh, you know, for Earth Day this year, and uh, I'll uh, I'll eat vegan food. I'll eat vegan food. Uh, maybe I'll go to a vegan restaurant. You know, support your local vegan restaurants. They are special places in the community. Uh, you know that serve uh, delicious, nutritious food. That's uh, good for you, that saves the animals and the environment. And if you're in the San Jose area, you have one of the best in the world, uh, Vegetarian House. Vegetarian House is 100% vegan, non-GMO, um, and really has uh, concerns for the, the environment, your health. And check out the menu at vegetarianhouse.us. You'll see that uh, going vegan involves no animal, no, no sacrifice. Uh, actually, no animal sacrifice either, to tell you the truth. Uh, we think that's so, oh, animal sacrifice. It's so weird, bizarre, you know, and then, you know, look at your plate. So, um, so we don't sacrifice anything or anyone by going vegan. And we have the best food. We're foodies. We talked about the food earlier with Dr. Joel Kahn. Well, check out the menu at vegetarianhouse.us, Vegetarian House at 520 East Santa Clara Street in San Jose. Vegetarian House caters. Lucky you if you're in the San Jose area, if you have a business event or a social event coming up. Uh, the food can be great. You'll impress everybody. You'll, you know, you'll close that business deal. Or uh, you'll impress the in-laws. What are you, getting married? You want the food to be great? Vegetarian House, vegetarianhouse.us. And uh, our compassion also goes to the clothing we wear. So, you know, if we're vegan, we, you know, we don't want to eat violence. We don't want to wear violence either. So that means no leather, feathers, fur, wool, silk. Um, and if you want to support a hot and sexy vegan fashion line, go to sonusdenim.com. Sonus Denim, we spell sonus, strawberry, onion, nut, apple, strawberry. S-O-N-A-S, denim.com. Uh, the jeans are uniquely made with 50 patches of denim here in sunny, drought-stricken, um, fire-raged California. Um, great looking, uh, great feeling, yoga pants too, for men, for women, sonusdenim.com, and you can visit possumswelcome.org 
To learn about an animal sanctuary in the making, this nonprofit is seeking coastal land for a farm animal sanctuary with a vision of a vegan cafe and a B&B bed and breakfast and um, seminars there about being vegan, veganic farming, cooking, yoga. So uh, yeah, wanna, if you want to help make the dream come true and get involved, visit possumswelcome.org. Okay, well, I think that'll just about do it for this week's show. Once again, I remind you to check out the website. We are planning, you know, a happy event. Oh, a happy day. You know, oh, how, how unbecoming of us to... <laughs> we're going to do something happy, you know, with positive vibrations. Yes, we are. L.A. Reggae Vegan Fest. It's coming up Sunday, October 7th in Woodley Park in Van Nuys, California. And... Um, Go to the website, LAReggaeVeganFest.com. Uh, if tickets aren't on sale yet, they will be like any moment, early bird tickets, and you're definitely going to want to be there. You know, we have Maccabee confirmed. Uh, Glenn Washington, looks like Bushman will be there. Uh, Sister Nancy, uh, Lamore and the um, Mystic Band. Lamore and the Mystic Band, who was with us uh, at both of our uh, World Vegan Summit and Expos, uh, and now this time around, LA Reggae Vegan Fest. So check it out, and again, please uh, support us with a tax-deductible donation. Uh, you can figure out how to do that, and if you feel like it, there are over 600 shows you can hear at GoVeganRadio.com.